on this episode of the Alt Normal. Normal. Sustainability is, is a scientific field that we are now bringing into business and bringing into marketing. And so there needs to be probably a better understanding within marketing teams of what their own sustainability teams are doing and what that looks like and why it's good and what's good about it in order to put more credibility into any messaging that goes out to the market. Another coronavirus vaccine has shown to be highly effective. Welcome to The Alt Normal, an exploration of the diverse voices on planet Earth. Joe Biden will become president of the United States. Doing the critical work of rebuilding a healthier, more sustainable alternative future. At the intersection of self, community, and the planet. We live in uncertain times. Powerful moments of revolution. How we choose to steer the path will determine what kind of alt-normal we consciously remake together. Everyone has a part to play. Let's rise. Shift and support this exciting new reality in the making. The alt-normal. Hi, I'm Tiffany Wen, the host of The Alt-Normal. This is a show that centers embodied integration as the absolutely critical force for rebuilding this post-pandemic world that's ever more sustainable, diverse, and inclusive. Culture needs a rebrand that goes deep at the core of who we are in the integration of our rich diversity, complexity, and emerging alternative paradigms. Let's be real. We are in a crisis of consciousness, realizing that the only way to change things out there is to first change things in here. The power structures and institutions can only take us so far. To see a world that's diverse and inclusive for all actually requires us to change from the inside out, shifting into actionable models of power with one another versus power over one another. Now more than ever, we need a new story for humanity that leans into the diversity of who we are and our emerging zones of genius to live more truthfully in how we relate to ourselves, our community, and the planet. So let's pick up those forgotten pieces of ourselves to rebrand our story of humanity from one of separation to one of integration. We're talking integration of the mind with the body, the scientific with the spiritual, strategy with emergence, and the individual with the collective. This show is produced by Resonance, the creative practice of Dig, Seed, Grow, a methodology that powers our core capabilities in branding and content creation. Our mission is to design resonance between brands and their most valuable audience to drive the greatest possible impact. After 20 plus years of working in New York City and Milan for Fortune 500 companies in marketing and advertising, we decided to take the big leap and make a fundamental shift in how we work and bring brand stories to life. The Alt Normal is recorded at Destination Outpost, a co-living and co-working community based out in Bali. They have amazing spaces located in Ubud and Chenggu that enable people to live and work from paradise, encouraging people to live differently so they can work from beautiful destinations and build strong connections with others on a similar path through life. 
So I am super excited to welcome our guest today, Helen Brain. So Helen is a strategy director at Mediacom UK with 16 years of experience solving business challenges. She has worked in multiple roles within media, digital, social, and content, and across a diverse set of verticals, including retail, tech, government, luxury, fast-moving consumer goods, and utilities. She is the joint head of Mediacom UK's social change hub, supporting clients in creating positive social change and a sustainable future. She also represents Mediacom and Group M's Mission Zero team, and also the IPA's Climate Charter Alliance, both of which aim to support the industry in transitioning to a zero carbon future. And how timely it is that today is Earth Day. So super honored and excited to have you on the show today, Helen. Thank you very much for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Yes. So many um, very relevant and topics that I'm deeply passionate about exploring with you today. Um, And I always love to start these conversations off on a broad cultural note. So I wanted to kind of set the stage with a little excerpt that I pulled from this amazing white paper um, that was created by a group called the Purpose Disruptors, which I believe you contributed to last year. And for folks listening who don't know, uh, Purpose Disruptors is a collective of roughly 700 people from the advertising and comms industry that came together to really launch this movement to integrate the positive environmental behaviors adopted during lockdown. So a lot of great things came from that. And this excerpt that I really love goes, one of the great psychic tensions of the advertising industry is knowing that we have huge power and yet having no control about where to direct it. There's a reason for that. We are what academics call a systemic amplifier. So in other words, we assemble the values, priorities, and status symbols of our system. We patchwork them into stories, and those stories will resonate throughout society as a whole. Those that we do not, whether intentionally or unintentionally, will not, end quote. So, you know, this is a very, I guess, poetic way to kind of look at the potential power of the advertising industry as a whole. And I just want to know from where you sit today, you know, the world is opening back up. There's a lot of change unfolding. Um, And what is life look like post Great Reset in 2021, broadly within the advertising industry? Um, well, I think, so So I focus quite a lot on, on sustainability and sustainability within the ad industry. So I'll probably start with that. Um, so I think what's one of the big changes that I've seen over the last probably 12 to six months, so kind of during the, the crisis, has been a much larger, more organised, more defined commitment to change when it comes to tackling um, the climate crisis. So I think previously there was lots and lots of passionate people doing lots and lots of great work, but kind of in pockets. They kind of spread across different agencies and maybe didn't all know each other. And over the last maybe 18 months that the network has built, and as an industry in the UK, at least, we've all now come together and gone, right, we have a, um, a well-defined plan. Um, it's called Adnet Zero, which is, which is led at an overarching level by the Ad Association. 
where we've kind of gone, what are the big things we need to do? And everybody knows the clear steps, what we need to do, where you can go for extra help. And everybody's working together to get to the same goal. So I think that kind of collective action and, um, and working together and collaboration, has, I think, would be a big shift kind of going forward from there. Or an ongoing shift, rather. It's probably more uh, a generous way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Collaboration and it's in process. Um, so obviously everything is evolving and unfolding as we speak. And, you know, I think why I was particularly excited to explore with you is because you kind of intersect advertising strategy and social change and social impact as both strategy director and the joint head of the social change hub. So kind of pulling back from the excerpt that I read, you're kind of the ultimate systemic amplifier in a way, um, in terms of your role, (laughs) or you have the power. I hadn't thought about myself like that before, but yeah, I suppose everybody who works in the industry is a systemic amplifier. And I suppose I'm, um, I think it's important you choose what to amplify. And, and that's kind of what's driven a lot of my work in Social Change Hub or being part of the Social Change Hub is the idea that um, there is a responsibility and also a huge opportunity, I think, for business and for brands in amplifying the changes that are coming um, as we move towards a more uh, sustainable future. And on that thread, I would love to know um, what it means to jointly direct a social change hub in a global media agency like Mediacom. Can you just kind of give some color for uh, what you're responsible for, what kind of work you guys are currently doing and envisioning doing um, in this space? Um, so the social the social change hub at Mediacom has been around for about 10 years. I've been involved maybe five or six years. Um, and my my co-head um, is a woman called Claire McAlpine. Um, and between us, we've kind of developed it into quite a broad range of expertise and a virtual team. So it's not a it's not a you know a team of people who sit at the same desk together. It's people from across the business who are experts in different types of social change. So I specialise in sustainability. Claire specialises in um, diversity and inclusivity, and also um, behaviour change theory. We have other people who specialise in fundraising for charity clients um, and, 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 and quite a few more people who specialise in different types of driving behaviour change. And what, what we do as a group is, A, support each other in kind of sharing learnings because you, you can feel like you're in a little pocket sometimes. So we share work with each other. We share learnings. We educate other people in the rest of the agency. Um, and that might be people who are actively working on clients who are driving social impact. But it's also people who are just passionate about the idea of communications having a role in society as well as in the economy. And so a lot of what we do is is kind of to, I hate saying this phrase, but democratise the ability to um, to drive social change. So it's not held just in the heads of a few specialists. It, it's, it's a skill that that should become embedded in, in all people in the same way that um, you know, 15 years ago, digital was was something that was done by specialists within the advertising industry, whereas now everybody has to be able to think about digital in pretty much any role. So it's, it's the same kind of um, same kind of process, I think. And you mentioned that your specialty within this change hub is sustainability, which is a word that I really want to go deeper with and dissect with you today. And just to set this up, you know, we've had past guests who kind of bridge business and fill in the blank with purpose, diversity, equity, inclusion, 
sustainability, all these words that kind of feel like cousins in the same family that all kind of like touch on similar things, but there's so many words. And, you know, one, one thing I wanted to say too, is, um, I found an article that I think was written by LinkedIn that just gave statistics that isn't going to be new to you and me, but saying that, you know, most people want to do business or buy products with brands that align with their values. You know, it's important for people to align themselves with brands that take a stand socially and politically and will take action after seeing an ad that they consider to be diverse or inclusive, at least the majority of them. So, you know, when we think about this word sustainability and creating a sustainable future, it's very aspirational. But what? how do you actually think about this word today? What does it mean to be sustainable? So um, I think it's a really good question because I, I think it's, it's losing all meaning um, in the same way the phrase brand purpose has lost all meaning because there are so many people talking about it. There is no one definition of it. When I'm talking about sustainability, it's about how you reduce your negative impact, how you increase your positive impact and about how you bring all stakeholders in the business along with you. And when I'm talking about impact, I'm primarily thinking about impact on the planet and society, but particular impact on the planet in terms of carbon footprint and how a high carbon footprint can have a negative impact on the planet, but also the people who live on the planet. So that's that's how I think about it, is it's creating a positive impact by reducing your negative impact on um, in terms of carbon, pretty much. Got it. So it's very much within this specific lens of, yeah, the environmental impact of carbon. And I guess when we, we think about, you know, when you were talking about others who sit in the social change hub, you mentioned, for example, Claire, who kind of heads the, the conversation and the thinking around diversity and inclusion. So when we, when we hold um, perhaps another measure of, of social impact, what is the relationship between sustainability and perhaps another vertical like diversity inclusion? And, and how can we create bridges to, I guess, bring these two worlds together? Yeah, it is known by people who specialize in both areas that there is a huge intersection from the point of view of people who live on the planet. There is a huge intersection between social justice and climate justice. Um, and it's very complex and it's very messy. And I think where we're at the moment is going, what is that relationship in communications? How would you bring it to life in communications? And I don't think we know the answer to that question yet. It's kind of like, no, we know the question. The question is, what can we do about this intersection? And how do you make sure that the people who are most negatively affected by climate change are brought along on the journey and supported in a way that takes into account the extra negative effect they are carrying and having to cope with? So not, not everybody needs the same kind of support. But I think the overarching answer is I don't think anybody knows yet what to do about that intersection. Um, in particular, I think in the UK, because from a global level, the impact on diverse groups and on minority groups is much clearer. I think in the UK, everybody feels like we're, we're all kind of in it together because we don't have loads of areas that are being flooded really regularly. Actually, that's no, like we do have lots of areas that have been flooded really regularly. But for some reason, we don't view those particular groups of people as being like, oh God, we should be doing something extra to support them, which I don't really understand. So I think there's a need to look at it from a country specific point of view in order to get people to engage with the intersection a bit more. So I think we need as, um, as marketers and brands to be more aware of 
within our audiences, which people are already being more affected by climate change than others. So it is those people in those areas that are being flooded or it is people who live in um, inner city areas where there's really high levels of air pollution um, next to schools, for instance. So th- there are things that are happening. We just it's I think we're only at the beginning of that being uh, people being aware of that in the UK. Are people out people outside of experts anyway? Right, languaging it and being able to make it accessible for non-experts, I guess, to take responsibility for and feel empowered to be part of that conversation. So I guess to bring some more color to sustainability, can you give us an example, if, if you're allowed to talk about it, just how what it looks like to advise a brand um, that you work with at Mediacom around sustainability and, you know, what, what does that conversation look like or what are maybe some, some questions that you feel are the most important to ask in guiding a brand to embrace this ethos and the values of sustainability? Um, so a, a recent per- piece of work we did was with a client who was doing lots of really interesting work um, in terms of making their business operations more more sustainable. Um, And they were aware that, you know, the audience wants this, but they weren't sure how how do you bring those two things together? So um, we worked with them to basically answer three questions. One of the questions was around what do your audience care about? So, so coming back to that point of like, what does the word sustainability mean? It's got, it's got no meaning. What is it your audience care about within sustainability? Is it plastic recycling is it um ethical sourcing within your within your supply chain like what what is it that your specific audience are most bothered about the next question was around what are you actually doing and is it good enough to be talking about publicly so like a credibility check like are is this should you be going out there and talking about sustainability and then the final question was taking all of that into account where um where is the ownable opportunity within the sustainable conversation for your brand because every brand is starting to talk about it the number of products that have sustainable messaging on the packaging is going through the roof um and i think that's where one of the next big kind of challenges will be for brands in sustainability is in in communications of sustainability is around how do you make it ownable and distinctive for your brand and so where we ended up getting to with that client was kind of like this is so here's the segment of your audience that cares the most about what you're doing here is, you know, of all of the stuff you're doing, these three things are the most interesting to your audience. And based on the products you sell, the markets you operate in, here are three areas where you could play that are extremely relevant to your product and your audience. So it's not just about sustainability. It's about your, your business, your product. How is your product being more sustainable, helping your audience? Right. Making it ownable and, and, and authentic because you don't want to try to solve something in sustainability if it just doesn't make sense. And your audience will sniff that out, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think agencies have a responsibility when it comes to working with brands to, to say, you know, if, if, a, if, if you get a brief that goes, I want to talk about X, Y, and Z in sustainability, I think we have a responsibility to go, can we, let, let's have a conversation around whether or not you have the credibility. Because if we if we allow you to do something that looks like greenwashing, that's that's on us for not helping you. Well, that's actually a really good segue because I was going to ask you, what what do you think is the greatest challenge that brands face in actually making sustainability sustainable? And greenwashing, of course, comes to mind, lack of transparency and communication labeling. But do you think there's something deeper in terms of 
how an organization operates that makes it really challenging for them to fully embrace these questions that you just outlined? Um, I might take that in two parts. On the first bit around what, what's the greatest challenge that brands face in making sustainability sustainable, I think a lot of that just lies in making it easy for people. Like if, you, if you look at consumer research, the number one thing most people want brands to do to enable them to live more sustainably is to make it affordable. It's still, it still can be, in lots of areas, quite expensive to live a low footprint lifestyle. And so it's, consumers want this and yet they can't act upon it because there are barriers in terms of pricing or convenience or ease. Um, so I think there's a lot of very practical things brands could be doing to, to make it easier for people to get involved. And I also think there's a, coming to your second point around like not greenwashing and organisational changes. I, um, I think the vast majority of, of greenwashing isn't malicious. I don't believe there are brand marketers sat somewhere kind of tapping their fingers together about how we can lie to our customers. They're just, they're just not. I think what maybe is missing is, um, is education and information like sustainability is, is a scientific field that we are now bringing into business and bringing into marketing and so there needs to be probably a better understanding within marketing teams of what their own sustainability teams are doing and what that looks like and why it's good and what's good about it in order to put more credibility into any messaging that goes out to the market so i think like an example of that would be things like um some brands went really heavy on promoting that they'd switched from plastic straws to paper straws and then further down the line, it became known that not all paper straws can actually be recycled. And in some instances, the plastic ones were easier to recycle and made more sense anyway. And so it's stuff like that where you kind of go, there's, there's lots of right moves that maybe with a bit more thought and education could have been even better moves. Got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it makes me wonder, I mean, are, again, coming back to the role of being a systemic amplifier and tapping into that potential and that positive power, are agencies in general set up to be able to advise sustainability in the correct lens? Like you said, bringing science into business, because that's a very important piece that I think isn't said enough. Are, are agencies set up to do that in general? So I think yes and no. So I... <sighs> Lots of agencies have sustainability experts who, who can advise on the science. Also, I think a lot of the role of the agency is around identifying the opportunities and the challenges and then also going, well, how do we bring the right team together to answer this problem for you? So if you don't have, if you don't have the expertise internally, then your answer would be to go, I want to do stakeholder interviews with your sustainability team. So I have a real understanding of what you're doing and therefore can, can advise you on how best to bring that to life for your consumers. So it's not necessarily about always, you know, I'm not suggesting everybody who works in marketing now needs a degree in sustainability. But what I am suggesting is that we have an awareness of the fact that we're not experts and we therefore reach out to people who are and ask them to work with us to get to a really good solution. Mm, collaboration, coming back to that piece. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's collaboration. It's bringing together different skill sets and kind of having, you know, the, the science and art and, and bringing everything together. So you're, you're looking at it from a very, the whole is bigger than the sum of the parts kind of point of view. Yeah, wonderful. I love that. There is a next step if, yeah, there seems to be a barrier at any stage when someone goes, oh, I don't have a, a science degree in sustainability. That's not really the problem. It's about engaging the minds who do and can collaborate to figure it out together. 
So I'm curious, um, either within, you know, brands that Mediacom works with or just through your own passion, because I know that you're very, yeah, you're an advocate and you're an activist and you post a lot about what you see, what you read, um, what you find inspiring. Who is doing it right in this space? Who seems to be advancing sustainability in the right direction that you could currently applaud? So um, I think there's the kind of the ones everyone knows. There's the Patagonia, Unilever, Ben & Jerry's, who are doing great work. Um, I think other brands that are doing a really good job, I think Sky um, for a long time and, and currently are doing an amazing job of doing sustainability in a, right, in, in a way that feels very right their brand. So they're using what they've got. They're using their content arms and their expertise to make climate change part of everyday conversation. So they have a climate news segment that goes out every day in prime time. And I think that that is brilliant. Using what you've got to improve the conversation and move us forward is, is exactly what brands should be doing because then it's ownable as well. It's something that, you know, Sky can do that not a lot of other brands can do. Fully backed up as well, of course, by their internal business behaviour. But I, I think we kind of need to take it as a given that there will be business behaviour backing up claims that people make as brands. So I think they're, they're really good. IKEA, for similar reasons, their, their current campaign or very recent campaign, Fortune Favours the Frugal, just is totally on brand for IKEA. But they're using their internal business changes, so allowing people to buy secondhand furniture, for instance, as a way of, again, moving sustainability forward, but in a way that feels exactly right for IKEA. It doesn't feel like they've jumped on a bandwagon. It does feel like they're leading. They've got loads of internal business behaviours behind them, showing that they've got real credibility in this area. And then they've, they've brought it all to life in a lovely creative package with this Fortune Favours the Frugal campaign. Um, so it's a really nice, it just feels like very natural, it throws, flows very nicely from kind of internal business operations right through to what the consumer is seeing and what the consumer is able to buy from them and how they're able to buy it. Another one I think is really interesting is um, Impossible Foods, specifically their partnership with Burger King, because they, they could have quite easily gone, oh no, morally, I'm not going to partner up with a brand that sells meat because we're all about, you know, the alternative. But it feels like they've kind of gone from a bigger picture point of view. Our aim is to increase the number of people who are looking at alternatives to meat. And so they've gone, where, where's, an, where's the opportunity to do that? And they've gone for Burger King. You have this enormous reach and the ability to reach masses of people and start converting people in that way. They, you know, they could have gone very worthy. They could have gone very niche. They could have gone very specialist. And I, I think that's quite an interesting move they've made in going going mass and actually the the end goal is more important i think of getting getting a mass of people to switch to plant plant-based or non-meat non-meat foods and obviously like you know i'm not suggesting they're doing it because they're just nice people there's obviously a huge financial opportunity in there as well but that's that's why it's a good example you know decreasing emissions has to happen at the same time as making profit you know, the, the, the two have to both happen so so that's They've done a really good job, I think, of, of that partnership. It's just a really good way of delivering on both things. Again, speaks to that collaboration um, of partnership and, and what it means to, yeah, believe that you can do good for the planet and make money. And that supports the livelihood of suppliers and producers and vendors and employees and everyone else the, the company touches. So um, it needs to benefit um, all for, I think, it to be a productive direction. So, you know, we've been kind of 
talking about the word sustainability and how it's shifting and, you know, something we like to touch on, um, on the show is, you know, what's the old story that's kind of outdated, dying out. Thank you for teaching me something, but goodbye. And new story emerging that is carrying us forward as we, yeah, shift back into a somewhat normal as the world reopens and, um, kind of pulling back into that white paper. I loved it. I read it from start to finish and it, it really, I don't know, gave me a new lens into looking at advertising that felt less about the commercial side and more about what is the potential of storytellers and of, you know, the industry to move the needle and amplify good stories and good messages and good values. And the excerpt says, crucially, the pandemic has given us permission to sit with the cognitive dissonance many have felt at a personal level about working in the advertising industry. We may have to admit that we find growing shrubbery more interesting than growing shareholder value. The increasing personal will to contribute to human and planetary health previously suppressed or laid dormant by the industry's growth imperative now finds its voice. So without the trappings of offices, meetings, pitches, and parties, the structure of our industry feel smaller, less essential, less immovable. Of course, this was written, you know, back at the height of the pandemic. Um, but I do think it speaks to, yeah, this great reset, this great pause and what can be learned from this moment. And so, you know, you've been sitting in this world for 16 years um, at the intersection of advertising you know, strategy, sustainability. Um, so what do you feel like broadly speaking, or even specifically is the new story of advertising in 2021 as we come out of <laughs> COVID? That's an enormous question. I think advertising, advertising still has a role in driving the economy. Our our role is to grow businesses and drive the economy. I think where there might be a shift is that um, that isn't our only role. So as brands are saying, we have multiple goals as a business. So we are going to keep our financial shareholders happy, but we are also going to hit net zero by 2025. I think, therefore, our role in being their agency partners is to expand from being we will drive financial success. And that's our only aim to we will drive your business success, which means we will do financial success and all of the other things that you need to achieve as a business, because we're here to support you as a business. So it's about a um, constantly going and. It's not an either or. It's not a advertising does finances and somebody else does something else. It's a, our industry can do financial growth and success and also deliver on other aims of our clients. I love that the and um and I was you know thinking about how you know the the ownable piece I think is really striking because what works for one brand won't work for the other so it's not this cookie cutter formula that you can copy and paste across all clients um which is a good thing so when we think about um what brands can do from this moment forward I like to think about how brands can have the highest impact and 
perhaps an investment that feels um, appropriate for where they are on the sustainability journey. So I remember in our previous conversation before this podcast, you had mentioned um, or referenced this group called Extinction Rebellion, right? For And for listeners who don't know about this group, they're an international movement that uses nonviolent civil disobedience in an attempt to halt mass extinction and minimize the risk of social collapse. So very very, very lofty goal and using a very particular style to create a particular story and narrative that's going to drive their movement forward. Now, of course, not every brand like Ikea, Microsoft, whatever, is going to necessarily follow in those footsteps. But how can we think about like the lowest investment and the highest impact uh, that brands can start to approach when they think about becoming more sustainable in the future? Like what's low hanging fruit that like actually has higher impact than we might think? Okay. So um, I'm going to answer that in terms of what, what brands can do in terms of advertising, because I think a lot of the high impact stuff sits in uh, operations and product and pricing. So if I, if I just talk about kind of the promotion side of things, marketing side, uh, ad- advertising side of things, I think that, the lowest investment thing is to bring it into everyday conversation. So just start talking about it as a marketing team or as an agency team. What is it that our brand is doing that is sustainable? What key sustainable behaviors are relevant for our brand? So is it about encouraging people to eat better or travel differently or waste less or use less or protect nature? Like what is what are some of the key sustainable behaviors that are relevant for your brand? And how do you just start to bring it into conversation? How do we start to educate ourselves? And how do you make sure you bring whole teams along in that conversation? So again, rather than being held, all the knowledge being held in one person. Yes, I think think conversation is is the first step and can have a really big impact because once people start talking, A, they become aware of the scale of the problem and, and what we need to do and how quickly we need to do it. But B, the more you talk about it, you become more and more aware of the opportunity in creating a sustainable future. Um, and I think that's been another big shift for, for me as well is um, I, I used to go at it when talking to other people around like the responsibility for our industry and the responsibility of business. And yes, we do have a responsibility, but people are much more inclined to do something about that if it's framed as opportunity. And so looking at, you know, how how big is the, you know, the, the eating better market for your brand, for instance. So I think that, yeah, I'd say conversation and then, there's a, there's a step then between what you knew, what you do next in marketing depends on what you're doing next as a business. So if as a business you're investing in new products and services and innovation that is much more sustainable, the next step is relatively straightforward. It's to promote those new products and services. If you're in an industry where you're progre- you're making progression and you are developing more sustainable versions of existing products, then your next step might be to go well telling people I've got a recyclable bottle is kind of a hygiene factor now because a lot of people expect it. But what I could do is um, a bit more education around how to recycle that bottle because there's no point in having recyclable plastic out there in market if nobody knows how to recycle it, for instance. So I think, I, think it, I think what you talk about really does depend on what you're doing as a business internally. But the, the first step for everything is, is conversation. And it's interesting um, that you went there because I think you posted something recently after watching the new documentary Seaspiracy. 
you wrote that the word sustainable is is losing all its meaning. And I think you touched on that earlier. And you said, if we use it in comms, it must be better defined and possibly replaced with something more precise. And it's interesting because in what you just shared, you didn't actually even use the word sustainable. It was more like going in and talking specifically about well, what does that look like within the brand versus just saying we're sustainable and using very broad stroke language to kind of like dilute something and um, miss the opportunity to speak about the ownable piece within the brand. But I guess, do you have anything else to say about that piece of sustainable is losing all meaning? And um, should brands even use that word or in the way that we encourage people to talk about it? Do you know what? I don't know because I think sometimes it's useful to have a word that encompasses everything because it's a short, it's a shorthand for an entire group of things. So, and it means everybody has a combined language. Everybody has a shared understanding of the word sustainable generally just means better for the planet and for people who live on the planet. There's a generic understanding. But I do think brands need to think about their own language around it and be more specific in, because otherwise it's, you won't stand out as a brand. And the aim of advertising at the end of the day is, is to make you stand out as a brand. Um, so there's no point people going, oh, that's a sustainable shampoo if they can't remember the name of the people who made it. That's, that doesn't benefit that brand. So you need to do both. And I don't know what the new words would be, the new language would be, but it's, um, that's a challenge for our industry. That's a challenge for marketers is to get, be creative. What, what is right for, for my brand? What particular area should I be focusing on? And what particular area do my customers care about? so much psychology in there (laughs) and knowing how to meet the consumer without even calling them a consumer, just seeing them as a human. And, you know, actually now that we're talking about the language piece, I was reading something recently that sustainable brands put out and they were talking about how they did a study that showed that people, consumers were more likely to change their behavior as a result of I don't want to say this, but like doom and gloom language versus positive language, like opportunity language. And I thought that was very bizarre because like you said, I think people are more likely to resonate with opportunity versus this is a chore. You must do this and being told what to do. But you you feel like at the current moment, it's better for brands to lean into outcomes and construct constructive directional thinking versus this like, you know, scary statistics, you know, we're coming to the sixth mass extinction if we don't stop eating fish. (laughs) I think there's probably, from a bigger picture point of view, we need to do both. So that's like things like Blue Planet was doom and gloom, but then got everybody going, I don't want to use plastic anymore. And a lot of brands jumped on that opportunity with a, here's the answer to a solution sorry here's the solution to a challenge that's been posed above us and I I think a lot of the new documentaries coming out around fast fashion and things like Seaspiracy will do hopefully the same thing for those categories so I think where there may be a benefit in doing doom and gloom is if there's a particular issue that people need to be made aware of but then as a brand I don't think you can do only doom and gloom I think you could do doom and gloom and here's what we're doing about it and how you can take action so that you don't have to feel so terrified anymore. You can feel like you've got a sense of agency and you can do something about this. Doom and gloom by itself is just scary and depressing and you kind of want to ignore it. So there needs to be a solution put next to it if you're going to do doom and gloom. I think we've been through enough doom and gloom this past year. So 
maybe hit pause on the doom and gloom. And, you know, as, um, as a leader yourself, a strategy director, someone who's heading many different groups and committees within Mediacom, how do you inspire your team um, internally to connect to, I mean, I know we've exhausted the word sustainability, but I think, you know, for change to happen outside of ourselves, we also need to do the inner work of embracing what the values mean to us. And so as a leader, you know, how do you inspire yourself, inspire others on your team around you to kind of collectively reimagine this, this change and kind of motivating people um, around being in roles of systemic amplifiers to borrow language we've been using? So I think some of it is around the framing of it. So going from responsibility to responsibility and opportunity. Um, so that it feels like a much more positive area to get involved in. Some of it is by kind of modeling behavior. So just being in asking questions myself so that other people can see it's okay to ask questions. Because I can remember a few years ago being a bit like, oh, yeah, maybe we should be doing slightly different work. But I'm going to say it very quietly because, you know, because it feels almost blasphemous. And I think the more open and honest and just transparent you can be about the questions you're asking allows other people to, to go, oh, it's okay to think that. I don't have to worry about it. I can just go, yep, here's a challenge we're facing as an industry. Everybody accepts that's a challenge. Now let's just move on and think about what we can do about it. I think when challenges are kept kind of in the dark, they don't get dealt with. The other thing I do is kind of a is a is a reach and frequency. I just send a lot of emails. I'm very persistent in banging on about the topic. <laughs> um, I'm forever setting up meetings and sharing work and posting about stuff. And I think there's just a you know in my head I'm like something will through. Just keep going. Something will get through. I think another thing is around taking some of the scary stuff. So taking some of the challenges from the likes of Extinction Rebellion and going, right, what does that actually mean for our industry? What does that mean in our language? What can we actually do about it so that people don't feel attacked? Because it can feel like you're being attacked sometimes. Um, And so, again, I think we kind of need to go. It is a bit of an attack sometimes, but that doesn't mean you can't do anything about it. And you're perfect we're all very good people. You don't need to worry about the type of person you are. You can just take some action. That's what you can do. I think, yeah, but I think, I think the reframing was probably a big shift. Reframing from responsibility to opportunity um, and from kind of dreary and negative to positive and using humor. I think those things made a big difference. Well, if advertisers are good at one thing, it's the reframe. <laughs> it's being able to shift the narrative very quickly and bring new meaning to life. And it's just funny when you were saying that you're persistent with your emails, it's like, well, you have the tools to be a great advertiser. So you have to use that within your own industry to also be heard by the, by your colleagues. So as we shift into kind of envisioning uh, the future, the sustainable future that we're all trying, or maybe some of us are trying to shape through conversation, through asking good questions, through being uncomfortable, through taking action, through leadership, through all sorts of um, steps. You know, what do you see is next on the social change hubs agenda? Like, what would you like to envision or manifest? Um, this year in, in your sort of, I guess, vertical of sustainability, but also in your ability to cross-pollinate with, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, and the other departments that you, that you named? 
what would be sort of your dream project or collaboration? So, so I think about this, I don't have a dream project because I think a lot of what we're doing is um, is about building momentum. So I felt like one 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 thing. I feel like one thing isn't isn't going to do that. I think my 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 dream result by the end of this year is that in every response to brief, we are talking as teams around sustainability and if there is a role for sustainability in that and if there is a sustainable behaviour that we could be encouraging through comms that also drives growth for our clients financially. You know, the, the six kind of behaviours we talk about are um, eating better, travel better, waste less, use less, protect nature and can never remember the sixth one. Um Oh God, I can't, no, use less. I already said that. Waste less, use less. Buy better. Buy better. That's it. Um, so can can we bring that way of thinking into all of our conversations? So that instead of sustainability being something that happens over there, it's something that happens as part of everything we're doing because creating a sustainable future is part of everything that all of us should be doing at the same time as driving business growth for our clients. And I think that's that that's going to be the really interesting work as we go forward is um, what are the best ways of doing both, creating a better future and driving economic growth. Right, right. Is Of the six that you just named, is there one that's been easier generally for brands and one that's been more challenging that you can forecast? So, I don't know. I've been... I've been doing a lot of work recently around eat better um and you can see how that that's quite an easy one because it's about shifting the types of foods that you eat the different ways that you eat it's about wasting less food and you can kind of see loads of opportunities and loads of growth coming in in that kind of area so things like um you know the the growth of vegan food the growth of plant-based foods the fact that lab-grown meat is going to be on shelves in the uk by end of this year middle of next year like you can kind of see a lot of innovation and growth coming in there coming there so it feels like a real a key pillar of of a future a future economy but a much lighter footprint um economic model so that one i think is really interesting i think wasting and using less are really interesting because they're a lot about behavior change as well as what brands can do and so that that changes the nature of advertising a little bit in terms of it's not just about buy this product it's around how do you buy it like um so if you think about the uh the loop model um do you know loop the recycling service so they um it's basically like a milk bottle service but for everyday essentials so they've partnered with unilever and with tesco in the uk so you'd buy um your hagen but it would come in a metal canister you eat the ice cream and you send it back in the same way you would send back a milk bottle so that kind of i think innovation in in wasting less um, it will be really interesting over the next few years as well. Nice. Nice. And, um, you know, I one other thing I pulled from your reflections after Seaspiracy, I liked this one in particular. You said brands are increasingly going to have to reflect the intersection between social justice and climate justice and tell both stories in an integrated way. You know, just from where we sit, what could be yeah, a way, a maybe high impact, low investment type of way that brands can embrace that if it's ownable, right? If it's not, then, you know, focus on what is going to work. Yeah. I think the first step for me would be to go, most 
brands, especially large brands, will already have a load of great work going on in all of these areas internally. But how often does a, um, a head of marketing, a head of sustainability and a head of diversity sit down together in the room and go, what are you up to at the moment? And just have a conversation about what's been done in those different areas so that you can look for opportunities and you can find points where they intersect and you can understand the, the, the consumer, the shopper, the audience from the point of view of those three different people with three different sets of objectives and three different ways of looking at the world. So I think, again, conversation and people coming together in, um, in ways that they maybe haven't come together before would be um, a really strong first step in thinking about what brands can do about the intersections of those issues. Nice. Very uh, low investment. It just comes back to right, these very basic things that I think have come through thematically throughout this conversation, collaboration, yeah, and just having more conversation. Oh, so as we close out, I love to end with, um, you know, what is a, a message or a question that you can leave our listeners today with to reflect beyond this conversation? And it can be, you know, around anything we've talked about to people that want to be, you know, more conscious, more sustainable leaders in in their lives, uh, whether or not they sit in advertising or not. Um, but anything to leave us with so the question that I always come back to is something that came originally from the purpose disruptors community which was um or which is what can you do from where you stand so not everybody can do the same thing not everybody can do something massive and change the world but everybody can do something from where you currently stand what is that one thing that you can do and go do it it might be you're the CMO of a massive brand and you can entirely change your marketing campaign it might be that you are just wanting to have a conversation with a colleague about it and share thoughts and have and and kind of go, what do you think about the topic? But um, yeah, that that would be my my thing. Would be what what can you do right now this week from where you stand? That's it. It's just a, it's no action is too small. I think that's a great way to wake up. What can I do today to just and how can I make every day Earth Day, not just April 22nd every year, and just do one small change, one small act, one small conversation. That's it. Oh, lovely. Well, I am um, before, yeah, officially closing out um, for listeners who want to maybe um, connect on, you know, the work that you're doing um, at Mediacom or just watching the evolution of sustainability. Is there a way that they can follow your thought leadership or just any hubs that you are a part of that you want to promote? Um, so the, the easiest way is to follow me on LinkedIn. So I'm under Helen Brain. There's not very many of us with that name, so I'm easy to find. <laughs> a great last name too helen brain helen with the brains oh wonderful helen it's been such a pleasure to pick your brain and to just appreciate all of the yeah the lived experience and the leadership and expertise that you bring to this field it's it's very refreshing to hear yeah people like you just giving us the real talk on on what's happening within advertising so really appreciate you and everything you shared with us today thank you thank you very much for having me it's been lovely really enjoyed myself <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So for, for listeners, um, you know, if you feel uh, inspired, uplifted, shifted, please help us amplify this episode and we will be back next week.
be alt normal. This show is produced by Resonance, the creative practice of dig, seed, grow. If you enjoyed this conversation, please show us the love. You can subscribe, share, or leave a review. We'd be so grateful to help us amplify these stories far and wide. Thanks so much.